Hey guys, so in this episode, we talk to Brandon Fishman, a serial entrepreneur and the current CEO of eight-figure um, vitamin-infused tea and coffee brand, VitaCup. So um, throughout the episode, Brandon shares his experience from over 20 years of online advertising experience and reveals how VitaCup went from like literally an idea with his friend to three large capital raises, um, multiple eight figures in revenue. I think they're doing eight figures just on Amazon alone and that's not their main channel. Um, they're a brand and they did a retail rollout of over a thousand Target stores just uh, recently, just a couple of months ago. So um, all of this started just with a basic Shopify store, basic idea and some ads about three years ago. So Brandon goes through top to bottom how he did all this, where he started, what's going on now, where all the trends are and um, how you guys can get started as well. So enjoy the episode and we'll talk soon. Brandon, cheers for coming on. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome, dude. So tell us where you got started and, and how everything happened and what you're working on nowadays. Sure. Uh, I've always been an internet marketer. I started back in the late 90s with a few online companies. Then uh, about 2003, I started a company that was the, the first company to advertise high-rise condos and townhomes way before Zillow and, and all of those. Then for about uh, 11, 12 years, I had an internet marketing agency called Internet Marketing Inc., grew it to over 100 people and sold it. And in 2017, I started VitaCup. Uh, we've raised three rounds of capital and uh, we're the first vitamin infused coffee and the largest now in the country. Wow, I had no idea you've been in this for so long. What what did everything look like, um, I guess, 10, 50, that would be over 20 years ago now since uh, since you started. When, yeah, what did things look like then? Because I, I'd imagine there wasn't even... Me bidding on th everything in Google and Yahoo at, at a penny a click and someone would go to two pennies and I would go to three pennies and it was uh, it was pretty crazy days and there was no analytics so it was just a it was just a free for all. Wow. And what what kind of stuff were you doing? Was that like affiliate stuff, your own ecom or um so my first company where we advertised my first large company uh, grew up pretty quickly. It's called newcondosonline.com and we were the first kind of search marketplace for high-rise condos when high-rise condos were trading like stocks were back in the day and, and developers would pay us a fee and then we'd have to rank for everything like San Diego condos, New York condos, and we'd or rank organically. So I taught myself SEO, but we also did a lot of paid media. We were like the, one of the first Google and Yahoo clients for paid search. Wow. Wow. Okay, cool. And then so from, from there, you moved on to your um, agency. Is that right? What kind started, of from there, I started the agency and we worked on a lot of big brand stuff. We managed a lot of big hotels, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, we did a lot of, lot of search, a lot of creative, a lot of websites, pretty much everything digital and at our high point, we had over 100 people. Wow, wow. And was that in-house or remote? It was all in-house. We had a, a big office in San Diego and one in Vegas. We did a lot of the hotels in Vegas. Excellent. Cool, cool. And so is Vitacup now your first um, kind of e-commerce venture? I mean, you, you guys have started off with an absolute bang. First e-com and first like VC-funded venture. Yeah. Wow, wow. So, so tell us about that. How did, how did that start um, right from the early seeds, you know, from idea all the way through to the, the kind of revenue and the numbers that you're doing today? What, what happened between those two points? I had a friend who runs a coffee manufacturing facility and I was just getting a, getting a beer with him and learning about his business. And I kind of mentioned, I'm a big health nut myself. And I kind of mentioned, you know, is there any, um, would you have you ever thought about putting any additives in there, like any vitamins or something to make the coffee healthier? And he's like, yeah, we, we have, we haven't really done it yet. I'd, and I said, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to be the one to do that. So I put in a really small order. We made a, it was just basically a one batch of coffee that just had some B vitamins in it. It was pretty simple after we tested which vitamins would work in heat and which wouldn't. Um, packaging was terrible. It looked awful. I threw up kind of a crappy Shopify website, but, and then I launched some Facebook ads 
And the very first day we did like 2,500 bucks. And I was like, well, maybe there's something here. And day two was like 5,500. Day three was like eight grand. And I was like, okay, now that my credit card's maxed out from Facebook ads, I need to, uh, I need to raise some money. So I raised, uh, I raised some money privately and then we raised the series A rounds. And then about a year later did a series B and we just completed our series C. So there's three large private equity firms in it. Um, we grew very quickly online and then we added target nationally and Walmart nationally and about 10,000 retail doors. Uh, so we did about 25 million in our second year. Excellent. Excellent. So there's, there's a lot of things to unpack there. Um, I mean, so from, from the beginning, you, you kicked off straight away and you were doing massive sales numbers. Do you, would you attribute that to kind of getting in early and being the, one of the first doing that sort of thing or all of your experience up until that point kind of culminated? Um, a lot, a lot of my experience culminated, but you know, being the first to market of anything, it really helps. We were definitely the first to market for that. We were really the first coffee at all marketing on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, three years ago, the prices were way less than they are now. So you can put yeah. the crap ad and it would work five times as well as it does now. Um, yeah. And uh, it just worked. And I think we did 800K in our fourth month of business. So it was just, wow. it was nuts. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. And um, because you've got experience in this, and I, I guess a lot of the people listening to the show are, you know, seven, perhaps some even eight figure e-com brand owners that haven't necessarily gone down the route of raising money and, and bringing on investors and stuff like that. What kind of insights do you have to share there? And what does that whole experience look like? Well, that was a battle and that's probably what I was best at. But where I, where I started was I literally Googled uh, top VC firms, top private equity firms, food and beverage firms. And I made a list of about three or 400 firms. I went to every single one of their websites. I got all their partners' names. I found their email. When I, when I could find their emails, I would send them an email about what we were doing. And when I could find them on LinkedIn, I would friend them and send them a message on LinkedIn. I would just inundate everyone that worked there. And I lined up, it was a total of 81 pitches traveled around the country, um, got some term sheets out of that. And that's how we closed our series A. Uh, and then it was pretty similar with series B, just literally almost a hundred pitches. And uh, it, it's, it's not easy to raise money, but we've raised, Jeez. we've raised quite a bit. Wow. So, so you're a hustler in other words. I mean, it, it sounds like that's just cold, cold hard and raw hustle. You got, you got to hustle. These, these, these firms are tough to impress and you're going to hear a lot of no's and you really have to have something you know unique and different. Excellent. Excellent. So um, then let's talk about kind of how you guys actually got all these sales. I mean, obviously it was Facebook in the beginning and we were just talking before about how it's transitioning now to other platforms and stuff like that. What's the, uh, what's the overall approach and what, what approach do you take when it comes to acquiring new customers and then monetizing those customers? So I think we can look at platform by platform. Let's look at Facebook first. Uh, we have a lot of success with prospecting videos that are more direct response based. And mm -hmm. that's for cold prospecting. And then for retargeting, it's a little bit more offer-based. Um, and then mm -hmm. past purchasers, obviously, it's a little bit more offer-based. And we also have success from um, our own account and running from some different third-party accounts using influencers. Uh, we've had we've paid a bunch of influencers to do ads for us or do stories or things like that. So we've 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 gone those channels. That those those don't work as much anymore now that everyone's doing them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we found we look at kind of acquisition cost and we saw that as the Facebook prices have been rising and the buying trends have moved to more Amazon, uh, we've been shifting a lot of our budget to Amazon ads because the acquisition cost is just way cheaper there and you have a higher repeat customer rate. I see. I see. Excellent. And, and that whole Amazon thing, what, what does that look like in terms of if people want to get started or move on to Amazon? Because 
I know for like for me at least having lots of experience with Facebook, Amazon is a whole new world and I would have no idea where to start. What do you do if you want to start selling and, and selling volume on Amazon? You have to look at a few things. One, there's there's two ways to sell on Amazon. There's there's fulfillment by Amazon or what we call FBA, where you send your products in on consignment um, and then you choose your pricing. You have full control on your pricing and everything and then they pay you after a sale comes through. And then there's Vendor Central where Amazon buys it from you, but they can control pricing. They 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 control everything and Unless you're a massive brand, I would always do FBA where you get to control everything. Uh, there's just, it's just way better and better pricing terms and, and things like that. Uh, so that's where you kind of have to start is, is pick what you want to do there. Uh, and then you upload all your SKUs. And it's really important that you probably, I think it's important you have unique Amazon SKUs versus what's out there in retail or whatnot. Because if you, if you have something in retail and we, we ran into a lot of problems where people would buy it from a, distri- a retail distributor and then undercut our own pricing on Amazon because we have to sell it to the retailers for a lot cheaper. But right. and then Amazon will make you match their price for to keep the buy box. Mm. Uh, so it's really important to have a separate SKU so they don't price match. Yes, and and so sorry, are you guys doing fulfillment by Amazon, or you guys are doing the other one that you you mentioned, the retail fulfillment by Amazon? Right, right. So and so, I mean, obviously, you guys have got your own fulfillment centers and stuff like that. Are they holding a bunch of your stock as well, so they're fulfilling it all? Or that's right. So what happens with fulfillment by Amazon is we ship to one of their distribution centers, and then they then ship it out to all their other distribution centers, and they hold a lot of our products. We have a lot of storage fees actually with them, but you have to keep the product there in order to sell right. it. It's really bad when you, when you run out. I see. I see. Okay. Cool. And and what kind of um uplift in sales did you guys see or what, what was the comparative difference between Amazon and the stuff that you were doing before on Facebook and, and other socials and influences and stuff like that? You know, as you know, Facebook can be very, very up and down. It could be awful for one week and great one week and you could have an amazing month and the next month can be way down and it's great during the holidays, but on a consistent daily basis, Amazon's extremely consistent. You're going to do about mm. the same every day and you're going to have these slow baselines up. So you know, we saw we started doing 5K a day, 6K a day, 7K a day, and now we're consistently doing like 20K a day. Um, and we just, I can turn off all of my Facebook ads and I know I'm going to hit that every single day. Where yeah. if you're not spending money on Facebook, you're not doing revenue. Yeah, yeah, I see. But the, the flip side, I guess, is that you don't really own your customers on Amazon. Is that right? How, how does that side of things work? You don't own your customers, but what people don't realize is you can email them. There are tools that Amazon allows, third-party tools, even though the emails are anonymized, you're able to break down the segments of people, what they bought, how often they bought and send them emails. Okay. Okay. And you also can, can export Amazon audiences. So the anonymized audiences, you can export them and upload them into Facebook and you can run at, as a Facebook audience and you can target those people when you're having a sale, you can target people that have bought on Amazon with Facebook ads because Facebook will match up the Amazon anonymized email to a Facebook account. What does anonymized mean? It's just, a, it, it may, you don't actually have their email. It's like a bunch of numbers and, and whatnot. It's like binary okay. numbers and things like that. But Facebook knows how to match that and find it like a lookalike actual account. So if we're running All a big, right. like, like on Black Friday, for example, one of our best audiences on Facebook was our Amazon purchasers because we just gave them mm-hmm. a bigger offer on our website than, than they ever had on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And okay, so, so effectively you own your customers what what downsides are there to amazon then in that case i mean the heavy fees i mean when you price it all in you're looking at depending on it's very the fees are depending on the category that you're in but you're looking at high 30s to low 40 percent of what they take and that's before you spend any money on amazon ads or pay any or if you're running a coupon there's a coupon fee so 
it ends up blending out to more like 50% of the sale. Wow. Wow. Just, just for marketing on Amazon or just for selling on Amazon. And, th and then you've got, and then you've got all your other costs, of course, as well, your cost of goods right. and your then marketing you your and stuff. Goods and everything. That's why it's essential. The, the only way to be really successful on Amazon is to have a higher price product where you have enough margin for all this stuff or to have a product that you don't really need to make an, a row as more than one on the first purchase and they, they repeat purchase. Yeah. Like a food product yeah. or a beverage product where they're going to keep buying yeah, you can make money when they come back the second time, but you really can't expect to make money that first purchase. Mm. Which is what most people should be doing, right? I mean, unless your average order value is over like 150 bucks, you shouldn't even try to make money on the on the first touch point. As long yeah. as you have a brand that they're going to buy from you again. If it's a one-off type yeah. purchase, then it, it doesn't do any good. Then it's just hard to make money, full stop. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, very cool. All right, let's just take a pause for a sec and move on to our out of the spotlight segment. So just quickly, what are your favorite podcasts, YouTube channels or people whose content that you consume and that you go to for knowledge? Um, that's a good one. I watch because I'm in I'm in internet stuff so frequently. I watch a lot of other types of podcasts. Like I watch like poker podcasts, like yeah. I'm at work so much, like 80, 90 hours a week that when I'm home, I, I, I don't even have time to watch these at work. So when I'm home, I want, I want to take my mind away from this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I watch, you, like, yeah, I, watch like, I listen to like Bob, like Bob Menery's sports one. It's hysterical or like a few of the poker ones, but <laughs> I don't watch too many more, more. What I do to learn stuff is I'm in some Slack groups with other marketers like yourself and we, we teach okay. each other. stuff. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so do you play poker? Yeah, I was I play in the World Series every year. Really? Very nice. Very nice. How how do you as a, a CEO of a, a pretty quickly growing and, and large um, e commerce brand, how do you balance all of this? Like work life balance, relationships, family, and then the fun stuff that you want to be doing, poker and, and consuming that content and all the rest of it. I have a nine year old son, so besides uh, this, most of my time spent with him and I have another daughter on the way. So uh, I spent a lot of time coaching his sports and things like that. So it's basically work and coaching sports and poker once a month, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I see. And, go and golf once a weekend. That's kind of my life. Very nice. Very nice. You play a lot of golf. Play a lot of golf. Yeah. Whatever yeah, I can. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, great. So, so what else do you spend the rest of your time on? Um, golf, uh, poker that does that pretty much sum it up or what do you do for fun? mostly golf and kids sports is, is kind of kind of my life right now and getting ready for the next kid coming yeah yeah oh you're having another kid excellent. yeah in April. yeah excellent excellent very cool okay and um so just going back to vitacup now that that retail rollout across all the targets um because i know that's that's another very hot and interesting topic that a lot of people don't really talk about um can you kind of run us through that and what happened there firstly how it happened and then what it all looks like yeah so i mean with retail we started uh, is really just me started hiring a bunch of brokers, retail brokers. These are brokers that have meetings with these buyers uh, during the review periods. And we got into some different grocery, some different lo more local grocery stores first. And then we had to prove out um, that, that we had strong sell through there. We proved it out in small stores. Then we started at some bigger stores. <clears throat> Someone like Target takes over a year to get in. You apply, they have like a one review period a year for coffee. You go in and then if you get accepted, then you're in like a year later. So the whole process was like a year mm -hmm. and a half to get a target. Uh, but during that process, we would keep sending them data about how we were doing well in some of the other stores and that helped us get in there. Right, right, I see. And, and does your online activity impact also that, that obviously it impacts the data somehow, but does that skew or does it that weigh heavily at all on um, these retailers and brokers decisions to actually bring you on board? 
in there and a normal brand might go in there with a brand new product and they would, they would have no idea whether it was going to sell or not. And we would go in with all this online data saying, listen, we know this sells. Here's the data here. Here's the data in this market. You know, we crush it on Amazon. We crush it on Facebook. This is why it's going to work in your store. And that was very helpful to get a lot of yeses from these buyers to get into the stores. Okay, I see. And so why should someone d d decide to go down the route of retail? Well, if you think about it this way, if you're trying to have like an omni-channel brand, it's got really got to be out there and you want to be at every buying point, uh, depending on, obviously depending on your, how much your product costs and your margins and things like that, retail can actually be more profitable than online. If you think mm -hmm. about that, you're selling a, if you have cogs, um, this is, I'm not going to use our product as an example, but if you have mm -hmm. cogs of $10 on a product and you're selling it to a retailer for 20 and they're, they're setting it up for 25, you know that you're making and your cogs are less, you know, you're making money at every sale. There's no acquisition cost. Mm. There's no fulfillment shipping cost except to get the whole pallet to the grocer. Um, it's a, just a different, different model. Mm. And then why wouldn't someone go down that route or what are the downsides? Well, it's very expensive to get a lot of these, like you have the grocery product. A lot of these stores have slotting fees. Well, they're charging you anywhere from 10 to $50,000 per SKU up front. So if you want right. to put, you know, six SKUs in a grocery store and they take you, you could have to write a check for a quarter million dollars right up front. Wow. Just, just, to, wow. just for that first order. And then they usually make you give the first order for free on top of the slotting fee. So mm -hmm. you're going to lose a lot of money the first, once you get in there, it's just very, it's an expensive place to play. And then it's also very competitive. It's hard to get in. Mm -hmm. And then you're working on like net 30 or next net 60 payment. Um, somewhere in the, somewhere yeah. most of them are about net 30 so now net 60. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to put out an afford, yeah, you have to pay for all the stock before you even get see a dollar of. Uh, right. If you want to go in a lot of different stores, it could cost you two million the first year just to get on the just to get on the, the fees to get on the shelf. Wow! Wow! Okay, very cool. Excellent. Okay, let's uh, let's take another pause just for show and tell quickly. What is the best purchase that you've made under a hundred dollars? It can be a piece of tech, a book, digital products, literally anything you can think of. Under a hundred dollars. Oh. Um. The best thing that I pay for under dollar, how about under a hundred dollars per month? How's that? Yeah, that's fine. Let's go for it. Probably the Peloton digital app. I use that thing every day. It's like the best workouts out there. What's that? Peloton. It's like a, you know, the Peloton, it's like a big, it's like a spinning bike for the house, but they have like a fitness app with all different types of stuff on there. And it's just phenomenal. Right. So, so you have a bike in the house as well or, and, and the app works with the bike? I, I have their bike in the house, but I also stream their app to the screen and that's how I do all my workouts on. And, and ah, so that, cool. I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, what else have I bought for not many things are under a hundred dollars these days, are they? Yeah. It's an interesting question. It, uh, really makes you think, um, Cool. All right. So last question, take us through the day in the life of an e-commerce CEO, CEO, or in particular you, Brandon Fishman, as the, the CEO of Vitacup. What does your whole day look like from the moment you open your eyes until they close again in the evening? Very different a year ago than now. A year ago, it was all e-commerce looking at landing pages, data, Facebook, creative, all that kind of stuff. Now, as we're really growing retail, I spend half my day on retail and promotions and what we're doing in store and more brand stuff and what the packaging looks like. And cause I have a team doing, I have a big, bigger team doing e-commerce now, but it's a, uh, it's a very packed day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so how would you recommend other people get started? I mean, if they wanted to build a brand of, of the size of Vitacup, um, something like that, 
where does all of this start? Because obviously they're not going to go straight for retail. You need, and you need, a, you need a really good product, first of all. You need a really good product. You have to have really high margins to be able to do all this stuff, you know, at least 70 plus. And mm -hmm. uh, it starts there. And if you have a good product, everything else will kind of work itself out. If you have like a copycat shit product, it's never going to, never going to work. A lot of these, I think all that drop shipping stuff is dead. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're not building a brand there. You might be able to make money for one month, but that's not sustainable. Mm, absolutely. And you're absolutely not going to be raising money from VCs or anything like that. No, and not all this and no VCs wants this, want this free trial subscription shit because there's so much legal stuff there. Like just make a really good product and sell it and people will buy it. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And um, where can people find you if they want to know more about you? Uh, well, the company is vitacup.com and you can find me on, on, you can send me an email at brandon at vitacup.com or find me on LinkedIn too. Excellent. Thanks so much, man. And we'll include all of those details in the show notes as well. So um, thanks for coming on the show and we'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.